0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Dorinda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one for 31 years, mom to eight, ages 16 to 30, and Nana to seven. I'm also a 25-year veteran homeschooling mom with seven kids, graduated so far. Well, funny story. I was doing an interview with someone last week, and all of a sudden she said, I, I think I'm getting some reverb, and I said, no, no, actually, that would be my lawn guy. So my lawn guys show up, like, right in the middle of this interview, and and I've got a, a sign on my door that says, you know, recording in progress, and I'm watching out the window as my lawn guy just drives by and stares at the sign. <laughs> So we had to take a pause for a minute and then we went back to it. Fortunately, my guys are done in like 10 minutes and they're great. I love them, but I never know when they're going to show up. And so now fast forward to this week, I was just getting ready to start this podcast. I literally had my pointer finger out to hit record. And all of a sudden I hear a lawnmower and I'm thinking, no, this cannot be. Oh yes. Yes. Lawn guys have returned again. (laughs) I mean, it's been a week, so the lawn definitely needed to be mowed, but oh gosh, you guys, either they have bad timing or I have bad timing. I'm not sure which it is, but I can tell you that lately I have been ridiculously busy. Uh, The last several weeks between conferences and settling back home and, oh my goodness, um, the traveling and just kind of landing again and then the book launch. Anyway, all that to say... um, I've just been encouraged again by the Lord to slow my heart down and listen for his voice and just really tune into him today. I just really had to put the brakes on. And you guys, I'm going to be honest, that's really hard for me to do. Um, I am a type A. I like getting things done. I mean, you know, I'm doing these interviews uh, for my book, um, but a lot of people are bringing up the fact that I'm, you know, supposedly known as the unhurried homeschooling mom or the unhurried mom. And I'm just laughing because you guys, that's not me by nature. It is something that I grapple with constantly. Um, but because the Lord has brought me back to slowing my heart down and, and me finding my peace there, like that's where I really meet with God, but it is a battle. It's a struggle sometimes. And so that's why that's my constant message, because it's been God's constant message to me. So I don't have it all together. I don't have this unhurried thing down, but I do have a habit (laughs) of going back to it because God has been so faithful to uh, just show me so much when I do slow down and really... It really gives me the opportunity to hear from him. But like I said, it's like gears grinding. I love, though, the way God, when we we discipline ourselves to do the hard thing, right? He never said it was going to be easy, right? We discipline ourselves to do the hard thing, and he blesses it. Every time I take the time to slow my heart down, he honors that. And so um, I just want to give you that little word of encouragement before I dive into our topic I also want to uh, just say this, tomorrow, you guys, tomorrow is the day, my friends. Tomorrow is the day that my new book, The 4-Hour School Day, hits the shelves in all major bookstores and is available for purchase online. Um, Well, you can purchase it online now, but you uh, won't receive it or wouldn't receive it earlier um, because, you know, it was all pre-orders. but also this is this is the nature of things i'm noticing that people are starting to get their books but the official date the actual official date is tomorrow june 29th and i'm excited because it's it's finally here it's been a couple of years in the making but really it's been 30 years in the making so um I'm excited that it's going to be out there. And if you still want to get in on that very special offer, which is to receive a free devotional that I wrote specifically to go with this book, you actually need to pre-order today. Um, Just go to my website, DorindaWilson.com, and order from there. So let's dive into the topic. Uh, One of the greatest challenges in choosing to homeschool is being concerned about what other people think. Why is this such a struggle? I think some of it is that we all want to be liked, loved. We want to be admired. We want to be respected. Um, we also want to. We want to do right by our kids, and we want other people. To believe that we're doing right by our kids. And, you know, none of these things are bad desires in and of themselves because we were created for community and relationships and with a desire for for these things. The problem comes when we care more about what someone else thinks than about what God thinks. It's when we know what we're supposed to do or think but we don't embrace and walk in it because we're concerned about what other people may think or say about us. Concern about what other people think can even keep us from seeking the truth. We may accept others' opinions without question because we're so concerned about what they think. Or if we do actually have questions or doubts, we may not even allow ourselves to pursue the answers. This explains a lot of what's going on in the culture right now. Many believers are choosing to make decisions and form opinions based on man's thoughts, opinions, and emotions rather than the truth that can only be found in knowing God. Jesus said that one of the two greatest commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's about fearing God versus fearing man, and God gives us a very strong warning in His Word about this. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, "Fearing people is a dangerous trap." Um, in some translations, it says a snare, and I immediately think of you know um, an animal getting their foot caught in one of those snares that just you know have the jagged edges and dig into um, their, their leg, you know, it's just, it's painful and it's just, it's hard to get out of. But trusting the Lord, the second half of that verse says, but trusting the Lord means safety. You know, sometimes we're deceived into thinking if we have other people's approval that we have safety, but the reality is that, um, trusting the Lord is the only thing that brings safety. First Samuel fifteen twenty four. uh, Saul is admitting to Samuel, saying, Yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people, and I did what they demanded. Isaiah 51, 12 says, I, yes, I am the one who comforts you. This is God speaking. So why are you afraid of mere humans who wither like the grass and disappear? You guys, next to God, man is nothing. And next to God next to God's opinions and truth, man's opinions and quote unquote "truth," are nothing. Often we forget just how finite man really is in comparison to God. The enemy is an expert at making man look far more important than he really is. You know, when someone gets up in our grill about our decisions, we have to discern. What's really going on? Because the enemy of our souls wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to dismantle um, the effectiveness of our parenting. He wants to dismantle the family. He very directly attacks the family. And sometimes he uses this to do that. We have to be doggedly determined not to let him, especially when it comes to our children. Now, this does not mean that we remain unteachable or unwilling to hear anything negative about our children. I remember years ago we had all eight of our kids in church. We we took them into church with us, and our youngest, Silas, who has um, ADHD, and you know, I don't put a lot of stake on labels, but he he was definitely had some struggles with that. It was it was pretty clear. Um, but he still would sit in church with us. And, um, you know, sometimes he was, some weeks he was a little more wiggly than others. Um, but overall, I felt like he did quite well. And I think this particular Sunday maybe was one of his more wiggly Sundays. I stood up and, uh, at the end of the service and turned around to greet a woman behind me, and she lit into me lit into me and just let me have it I don't remember exactly what she said but it was something to the to akin to um you know that I was doing a terrible job that our son was out of control and I we needed to learn to control him and it was just I'll never forget that moment and that feeling I, it felt like I'd been hit by a bus and uh, so I just listened and uh, I didn't even have a response because it was clear that even if I tried to explain anything to her, um, that she was just angry. I I don't know why, but she was, she was angry. And so, uh, as we, you know, we walked away from church and we got into the car and I was talking to my husband about it and, um, I cried, I cried, um, because it, it hurt. It was painful. The anger, the the surprise of being broadsided was difficult for me it felt kind of like a betrayal because this is a person um who is supposed to be a sister in Christ and i'd never had a run in with her before and so it was just really really weird really strange it felt spiritual to me like it was a spiritual attack and so i was talking to my husband about it and he was great i mean he he kind of helped level me out and all of that um but at the end of the day um I had to ask God. We did. We both had to ask God if there was even a shred of truth that he wanted us to hear. Because it's important that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Maybe, maybe the messenger is a horrible messenger. Um, but sometimes we receive gifts from God that come in ugly packages. And so I'm not calling that woman ugly, but her demeanor was ugly, and her spirit was ugly, and the way that she con- communicated with me was ugly. And, and that will happen um, at different times in our lives. And to so to step back and say, God, is there some shred of truth here that you want me to hear? Because I don't want to ignore all of it and miss something that you have for me. So um As the body of Christ, we should be able to both affirm each other's parenting by encouragement, but also speak the truth in love for the good of our children. Um, We're not doing this parenting thing completely alone. The body of Christ should serve each other well in helping each other with the parenting so that there's a feeling of support, Um, but support for biblical parenting, not Allowing our children to run amok, and not only saying positive, affirming things, but being able to streak, speak the truth in love, and for us to be able to learn from that, for us to be able to receive that, and not get our, you know, get ourselves in a wad over it, so that we don't hear the correction that God might have for us. We can learn from each other, but at the end of the day, it needs to look like Paul said in the New Testament. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. So we follow others' examples and direction and correction if they are also imitating Christ. It doesn't mean that we do everything exactly like them, but we're focused on the principle while asking God for wisdom as to what methods will work best for our families. And so at the end of the day, I could take that situation with that woman and say, maybe, God, maybe you're calling me to be a little more firm with Silas. Maybe I haven't been as firm as I should because he's the baby of the family and he'd been through a lot as a newborn. Um, And I tended to be very protective of him. So I needed to be careful that I wasn't um, making decisions that weren't in his best interest and what God had for him. So we have to be determined um, not to let the enemy come in and steal and kill and destroy. And in that situation, uh, he could have stolen a little truthful, helpful nugget from me had I been so emotional that I wasn't willing to listen to the Lord. But we do have to remember that the enemy is out to target us in any way he can. And throughout history, the enemies of God's people have always gone after the children because they know and Satan knows that they are our future. They are the future of the church. And that is, that is very, very important. I remember years ago when uh, our fifth child was uh, young, probably four, or I think he was about f- four or five somewhere in there. And um, some of you have heard me tell tell this story before, but he had a temper. He was a little hothead. and, you know, his he his name means bearer of light. And truly, that's who he was. And that's who he is now, although now, you know he has uh, he's an adult and he has tempered things and he has to constantly discipline himself um, when it comes to that because that's how he's uh, he's wired for what I call to be a defender of justice um, and yet he has to keep all of that yielded to the Lord and so he does that as an adult but as a little kid he was struggling right he's still learning he was not very old and I had a very uh, person who was very dear in my life, who I really respected and respected um, the parenting that they had done. And um, they came to me and basically told me I was really messing this kid up. We, my husband and I were messing this kid up and we really needed to be harder on him. We needed to really tighten, you know, batten down the hatches and tighten the reins. And so I attempted to do that. And it just, I literally got sick to my stomach and our son was not responding well. And so I went to my husband and said, you know, you know, the conversation we had with so-and-so, here's what I did. I tried to implement it in these ways. Um, Can you please tell me, you know, what am I, what am I doing wrong? Am I, is, is this wrong? What should we do? And he just looked at me and he, you know, he said, if anyone, if God's going to speak to anyone about how to raise our kids, it's going to be us. And that is true. And yet we need to, again, be willing to listen to even a shred of truth in that situation. And so it did stick with me that um, we needed to make sure that we were being uh, diligent with him. Um, you know, given the circumstances and his, his, his um, tendencies. And even though he had great strengths, he had weaknesses, and we needed to make sure we were paying attention to those two. And so we continued to do what we'd already been doing. And fast forward, he is well into adulthood and a wonderful, wonderful young man. And so God is faithful. And, you know, after that situation, I was just asking the Lord to confirm. I said, Lord, would you please just show me? I, I, I want to make sure, you know, I was again asking God, you know, I don't want to miss anything if you have something for me. And here's what um, he brought to light. It was Psalm 37, where it says, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong for like grass, they will soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they will soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Emphasis on that. Then you will live in you will live safely in the land and prosper. We want our parenting to prosper. And it goes on to say, take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Okay, my heart's my husband and my heart's desire was that our children would grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and they would have self control, and they would, um, you know, they would they would grow into godly people. But that again, that verse says to trust in the Lord and do good, and to take delight in Him, and He will give you that He would give us the desires of our hearts. And then it goes on to say, commit everything you do to the Lord. So we continue to commit our parenting to the Lord, we continue to commit our son to the Lord, and our children to the Lord. Trust Him, that's the second part of the verse, and He will help you. And then the sixth verse says, "He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun." And that just, just blared um, out at me. Just it was like God was putting the magnifying glass on that because I was feeling um, a certain amount of guilt for not doing it the way maybe this person was suggesting that I should. And God was saying, "If you do these things." that he would make my innocence in that situation radiate like the dawn and the justice of my cause like the noonday sun. And what I realized was that eventually the truth would show itself. If we continued to follow the Lord and to listen to him when it came to raising our children, um, that the justice of our cause would eventually shine like the noonday sun. And that's exactly what happened. And all of the, all of that to just remind you to continue to pursue the Lord and continue to fear Him above man. The key to not living in the fear of man is to fear God. That means that we care more what He thinks than what anyone else thinks. And we walk in accordance with that. When it comes to our kids, we can't afford to walk in the fear of man. There is too much at stake. We must be focused on what God has given us. And He has given us the children that we have and the children we will have. He has given us the responsibility for their well-being, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Until we are primarily focused on what God thinks when it comes to our children, we will be much more likely to be overcome by and driven by fear, anxiety, and stress. People are going to share unsolicited opinions. It's just the nature of things. Remember that you do not always owe them an explanation. Ask God for wisdom as to how to respond as graciously as possible, but don't feel obligated to explain anything in great detail unless God is prompting you to do so. Keep your responses brief with a smile on your face and then do what God is telling you to do. That is fearing God above man. And guess what? your children are watching. They will take their cues from you. You will be teaching them to graciously think for themselves. You will be showing them what it looks like to obey God rather than man. And that is an invaluable gift and one that will reap lifelong benefits, not only for your children, but for their families and the world that they affect. Oswald Chambers said the remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. And John Witherspoon said, it is only the fear of God that can deliver us from the fear of man. Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. The fear of the Lord is the seed from which wisdom continues to grow, parents. Getting to know our God, listening to Him through His Word and the leading of the Holy Spirit results in making good judgments and good decisions. God's words, His voice are what strengthens us. Let's permeate ourselves in that so we aren't consumed with what other people think and that we fear God above man. At the end of the day, we're going to stand before God for each and every one of our decisions, including how we choose to raise our children, and that includes their education. So if you've chosen to home educate, that is your right, privilege, and responsibility. It's your decision. No one else's. Never forget that. And as believers, we have access to the creator of our children, who loves them more than we do, and will Give us wisdom to faithfully fulfill that role in their lives. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you, God, that we are free. We are free from being unduly concerned about what other people think. And we are free to fear you above man. God, we love you. We thank you for these children that you've given us. We ask that you would help us to be found faithful, to fear you above man, but to also remain humble and teachable as you use other people to teach us along the way and to give us wisdom. God, We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the body of Christ. We ask that you would help us to love each other well, to affirm each other when it comes to parenting by both encouraging one another, but also speaking the truth in love so that we can raise the next generation uh, to fear you, God, above man, to love and serve you, and to to, uh, bring the gospel to the next generation. In Jesus name, amen.